Hello and welcome to The Green Network, a podcast that unpacks some of today's most important sustainability issues with insights from the experts. We're three friends who are wild on everything sustainable, so we thought it would be a great idea to record our conversations with these interesting and smart people in the field for you guys to listen to and learn from. My name's Sophie. And my name's Paddy. And our fantastic editor, Lydia, is here as well. Hello. So we really want this podcast to be um, stimulating, inspiring for you and help you unpack what sustainability really means in our day-to-day lives. And we'd love you to be part of the conversation. So please get in touch with us via our Instagram account. Tell us what you think about the conversations we've been having, your thoughts, questions and opinions. We'd love to hear from you. Now we all love food, but why do we throw so much of it away? A phenomenal 19 billion pounds worth of food is wasted in the UK each year. This is evidently bad for both the environment and our pockets, especially considering the rising number of people having to resort to food banks in the UK. Despite the enormity of these issues, there is a growing movement of people and organisations dedicated to reducing food waste and poverty in the UK. We sat down with someone at the forefront of this movement, Chris Wilkie, chair and co-founder of Plan Zeros. Plan Zeros is a zero food waste charity operating in London and collecting and redistributing surplus food from cafes, restaurants and street markets to local charities. Now that is a brilliant idea. Why didn't I think about that? So, scrape off the mould from your jam and dig out that two-day-old loaf of bread from your bin. Make yourself a slice of toast and listen in to our conversation with the wonderful Chris. Firstly, thank you so much, Chris, for chatting to us today. I just wanted to start asking you a bit about Plan Zeros and if you could explain to us a bit about what it is that you do. Okay. So Plan Zeros is all about inspiring people to become zero food waste heroes. And we do this um, primarily using um, an online platform where we connect businesses that have got surplus food to nearby charities. Obviously, there's so much food being thrown away um, these days by businesses. Um, It's really nice to um, avoid having it go to landfill and getting it to people who need it instead. So we started off um, around about 2009, where um, I met a couple of people and we were doing some volunteering with an organisation called Citizens UK, doing a bit of work based around the London Living Wage. And we were thinking of what could we do next and we started reading in the newspapers about supermarkets throwing food away and at the same time we came across a family in Earl's Court, a single mother with three children and um, this is round about the time of the financial crisis Mm -hmm. when the recession first started and she couldn't afford to give each of her three children a hot meal every day, they had to take it in turns. And we thought, well, there's a supermarket just 10 yards away throwing food away. You know, this is a crazy situation. Let's see if we can do something about it. None of us had any real kind of background in the food industry or anything like that. Um, But we started doing research and we realised that um, there was a huge amount of food being thrown away by um, the UK food industry. And at the beginning, people said to us, actually, you should concentrate on domestic food waste because there's more of that which is absolutely true. But having done our research and having thought about the safety aspects, we decided that 
we would concentrate on connecting businesses to charities because that's probably the safest way to do it. And there is still a huge amount of food being generated by the UK food industry. Um, and, you know, there's more food being created, more food waste being created than there are hungry people. There's actually no reason for anybody in this country to go hungry. So it really is a crazy situation. And I have to say that since we first started, in actual fact, the situation's got worse. There's now more people suffering from food poverty and there's more food being generated um, that's going to landfill. So, you know, A, it's not good for waste food to go to landfill because it's really bad for the environment. And at the same time, there are so many people suffering food poverty. It just kind of makes sense to put the two together, really. And, and that's, how we, that's how we got started. You know, just in terms of the numbers of people suffering food poverty, when we first started, I think we used to quote something like 1.6 million people in the UK. So that's 10 years ago. And now I think RAP says something like 8 million people. Really? So, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge increase. Yeah. In a way, a lot of the issues could be placed or, or problems placed on the source of, of the, the food, where, where it comes from, and maybe even the supermarkets as well. It's, you know, it's evident now that mm. they, they do, definitely do have a problem with food yeah. waste. And also you get the situation where, um, you know, they have to provide vegetables that look perfect so this whole yeah. thing about wonky carrots people won't buy. So again, there's maybe a bit of awareness there that people need to realise that just because the carrot isn't the perfect shape or colour yeah. doesn't mean that it's not good. Mm. Um, and I guess also, you know, sometimes when you go to the supermarket, you find that you can't buy one onion, you've got to buy a bag of six or something. Yeah. So, you know, that's just leading to potential Ex waste as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the supermarkets need to make their profits and if that's one of the ways that they do it you know I was reading today about um, you know the likes of Tesco and Sainsbury's that are having such a hard time so you know from their perspective you can see why they would want to behave in that way because they need to make as much money as possible but yeah. that's the that's the end result you know when we first started I thought the challenge would be to get the businesses to donate the food and I thought it'd be easy to get the charities to receive but it's the opposite, and it really? always has been. Um, most food professionals, they hate to throw good food away, so we're kind of pushing an open door there, and certainly the market traders, they're really keen to donate their food. They don't want to throw it away. And the challenge is with the charities, because surplus food's unpredictable, you don't know what you're going to get. So although they get it for free, sometimes it can give them problems. Hmm. So for example, at Borough Market, they might get a whole load of artichokes offered to them, some of them don't know how to cook an artichoke and you know so mm. that's actually where the, the, the challenge is and also um, the charities themselves like us are largely staffed by volunteers so sometimes they're not quite so reliable at collecting the food and that can give us problems with the businesses because they think well look we're donating this surplus food and the charities aren't turning up you know what's the, what's the problem but if you've been involved with charities that support homeless people or refugees or you know vulnerable people um, you know they're working very much at the edge so it's difficult for them um, yeah so for those reasons uh, it's more of a challenge with the charities than the businesses which is quite surprising really I think when I first met you and, and got involved I thought 
you know, it would be the other way around that um, there wouldn't be enough businesses. So, yeah, I mean, it really surprised me, actually. Mm. And is there anything that you think could make it easier for Plan Zeroes or do you think that just sort of comes with, with the, the business model? You know, you're working with charities, like you said, people are, you know, working a lot of time with volunteers. So it's just sort of something that you, you'll be up against a bit. Yeah, I think because surplus food is unpredictable, you know, it can vary from day to day depending on, you know, how many customers go into a business or at the markets. If it's raining, then there's generally more surplus food. Um, so yeah, I think we're kind of we're kind of stuck with that situation. Um, and you know, there are more and more businesses now that want to donate food, which is great on the one hand, far more than when we first started. So you know, the message is definitely getting through. And the likes of the supermarkets now aren't in as much denial as they were when we first started. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all saying, oh, we don't have any waste. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you do. I, mean, I remember reading, um, we talked about earlier, RAP um, said that it was about 1.9 million tonnes of food gets wasted just in the UK in, in the space of a year. So do you feel that it's sort of business models that drive that, that problem the most? Or would you say it's, you know, consumer behaviour? I mean, they're the ones who expect all the, the restaurants to have tons of food and I think it is kind of consumer led because everybody expects choice these days everybody expects to be able to buy things whenever they want to you know any kind of hour of the day so yeah I think I think it is that um, and of course the other situation not that I'm an expert on sort of domestic food waste but you know the whole issue of people buying too much people not making lists not making shopping lists leaving stuff in their fridge then throwing it away um, that just seems to be how it is now. And although obviously there are steps being taken to kind of educate people into, you know, only buy what you need, um, people seem to find that a challenge. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not sure, you know, unless the economic situation changes radically, and I'm not sure that's going to change. You said So you said that the problem is getting worse in terms of food mm-hmm. waste and food poverty, but then there has been... A noticeable rise in awareness of food waste. So, mm. would would you say eventually that that would counteract the problem, or or it, is it something more systematic that needs to change? In my opinion, there's so much surplus food that I don't think this. I mean, yeah, there is much more awareness now, and you know, you've got the food banks now that didn't exist when we first started, and and a lot of charities that also do food redistribution like us, so the likes of um, City Harvest and the Felix Project, who certainly Felix Project Felix Project started after we did. Fair Share started, I think, a little bit before. But, the, the, you know, there's probably about half a dozen major redistribution charities now, mm-hmm. so more than there used to be, yeah. all collecting huge amounts of food, redistributing it to, redistributing it to charities. And yet they're still so much food being thrown away and still so many people going hungry so I don't know it's it's a difficult question to answer could you give a kind of an image to the to the listeners and to ourselves of a maybe a a route which the food might take from a specific business if you could give maybe a couple examples and then how it is distributed through and then where it would end up yeah I mean the food can come from any source really, as as long as it's a um, you know a bona fide business. So you know we work with hotels, um, cafes, restaurants, pubs, um, airports. We work with city airport, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
It's kind of different in, in every situation, but generally what would happen is um, the business will um, post information about the food they've got available. Um, a charity could be any kind of charity that needs food, either because it's a residential centre for homeless people or because they have events. So that's another route. Um, they will generally come and collect the food. Sometimes the business can deliver, so they'll turn up, they'll, you know, they'll be authorised by us, so the business will know that they're you know, bona fide charity. Um, they'll take the food away. Depending on what it is, they'll either distribute it to um, maybe homeless people on the street, so it could be you know, sandwiches or salads, that kind of thing, or it might be ingredients, in which case they might cook it themselves and then distribute it to people. Um, so those are the main kinds of routes, but it can work yeah. anyway, and, and mm. we're very flexible in that you know we can handle any kind of food. So it could be cooked, uncooked, frozen, unfrozen, wrapped, not wrapped. Um, you know, we had a lot of success with Nando's at one time, who were donating their frozen chicken, and the, and the charities loved that because you know they could take it away, defrost it, um, and give it to their their service users. And Nando's didn't want their frozen chicken, or. <laughs> They, it was they going out of date. They created a lot, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. The, the situation is with, with surplus food, um, businesses can't afford to run out at the end of the day because if they do, their customers will go to one of their competitors. Mm. So that's kind of the reality. And I always tell this story about when I was growing up and the baker would run out of bread at three o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody knew that, so you got there early. That's not allowed to happen anymore mm. because everybody's in competition, everybody wants to sell as much as possible. So that means that at the moment, and I can't see this changing in the short to medium term, there's always going to be a lot of surplus food at the end of the day. Perfectly good food that can be eaten within one day, two days or whatever. Um, so from that point of view, um, yeah, there's, there's always going to be that, that food. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think there are things that people can do on a personal level that, you know, will really make a difference? I mean, despite, you know, missing an increase in people going hungry, you know, it, should pe people get more involved with things like Plan Zeros and sort of other food sharing apps? And, you know, what can we do on an individual level that can kind of help? Yeah, I, I mean, you'd like to think that people would react to this situation. And I suppose two things, really, you know, in their own homes, maybe think much more carefully about what they're buying, um, the type of food that they're, that they're buying. But also, I mean, we're very fortunate in that we get a lot of volunteers who approach us. We never have problems finding volunteers. So every week we get maybe, I don't know, half a dozen people um, asking to help us, which is great. And obviously the food banks um, also staffed by volunteers. So yeah, people are trying to help the situation a lot, which is, which is great. Mm. Um, but it needs some kind of a, a shift, I guess. Um, you know, the, the situation is, is, is so bad. Um, I mean, one thing that came to mind actually was um, gleaning. I've seen a lot of articles about sort of growing trend of gleaning, which seems quite positive. And obviously that's not enough in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, do you think it's sort of positive seeing sort of trends like this appear as well? Sort of people taking more of a sort of proactive approach or just sort of a bit more creative sometimes in terms of food and food usage. Just one second, what's cleaning? Oh, it's, um, I actually need to know the technical like, um, <laughs> definition, but it's basically when you go into crops and then 
you're allowed to pick veg, fruit and oh, veg that wouldn't right. have been taken. So yeah. it's like it's stuff mm. that would have just gone to waste before it even got taken to like the factory or anything. Yeah, it's it's something that um, when we first started, we read a book by Tristram Stewart, which is the definitive book on food waste. Now he started an organisation called. Oh, let me get this right. I think it's Feedback and the Gleaning Network. Mm. So this all came from Tristram Stewart. And yeah, it's, it's back to that wonky carrot situation. Um, when we first started Plan Zeroes, Tristram used to do this Feeding the 5000 event in Trafalgar Square, where they would get um, lots of wonky carrots and dodgy shaped vegetables, and they would cook it up in Trafalgar Square and give out free meals. And we got invited to one of the first ones, and um, there's a famous photo of one of our co-founders, Lottie, wearing a chef's hat in <laughs> Trafalgar Square, promoting huh. Plan Zeroes. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a lot of kind of good connections with Tristram and, and, and his organisations. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's another approach that will help. I was having a read on the Plan Zeroes website that between 2014 and 2018, um, through your work in redistributing food, 580 tonnes of carbon dioxide were saved. And I mean, I thought that was incredible. And I was just wondering how you got that number and, you know, why is it that much? Yeah, that would have come from an organisation called RAP, who provide us with a lot of figures um, about food poverty and what's happening in the UK hospitality industry in particular. So we signed up to um, something called the Corto 2025 Agreement, mm -hmm. which is where businesses commit to um, reducing their food waste. And we signed up to help those businesses. So from our perspective, it's all about, um, okay, if you would like to donate your food, we'll help you to do that. We'll find charities that you can donate to. So yeah, we have very close links with RAP, um, and that's where we get our figures from. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge amount of CO2 emissions. Um, you know, you can do different things with food. You can, you can best thing you can do if it's, if it's surplus food rather than waste food, best thing you can do is to give it to people. Next best thing you can do is to give it to animals for feed. Next best thing is to um, send it to anaerobic digestion, which creates energy, which is good. And obviously the worst thing that you can do is send it to landfill and that's where you get the CO2 emissions. Yeah. So that's kind of where that figure comes from. I mean, it makes such an environmental case for, you know, looking after the food system a bit more. Yeah, it's, it's really nice that, you know, we can help the environment and we can help people at the same time. And, and you, I, I know that you rely a lot on volunteers. Um, so what is their role in the organisation? Okay, so chiefly they help us with um, the market collections that we do. So we work in two ways. We've got an online platform um, where businesses can post information about the food they've got available. That gets emailed out to charities in their community. That works by and large automatically because it's an online system. So once the businesses and the charities have signed up, um, they can communicate themselves with very little um, interference from us. But we have twice-weekly collections at Borough Market and also twice-weekly collections at the King's Cross Market. And that, that's what you were doing today? Um, yeah, I was talking to the management team yeah, at Borough Market today yeah. Yeah, about the collections there. And that's where we have a lot of help from volunteers. In fact, they're, they're pretty much volunteer-led, those collections. So we have coordinators for each of the days. And we have a rotor system. So volunteers generally do maybe one or two days a month, but they can do more or less depending on their availability, which is grateful for the support that we get from them. 
and they will go to the traders, who now know us very well, collect the surplus food, and at Borough Market we've got a collection point, and charities will come and pick it up from us. Uh, we've also got a cargo bike where we can deliver it to two charities yes. that can't collect. Yeah. And at King's Cross Market there are two charities very close by, so we actually deliver it to those two charities on those days. So yeah, the market collections are really good from the volunteers' point of view because it's very satisfying to see such good quality food going to people who wouldn't normally ever be able to afford it. Mm. So it's a really nice thing for the volunteers to do. And they love doing it and the charities love receiving the food. The businesses also, the traders, love to donate. To end off with, if you could kind of describe uh, your vision for 20 years' time. And, and what you'd like to see the situation looking like. Okay, somebody asked me this the other day and it's a really simple answer. In 20 years time, I'd love that Plan Zero didn't exist. Yeah. And I'd love that Food Cycle didn't exist. And But yeah, I mean, we shouldn't need to be doing what we do. So you'd actually planned obsolescence into the organization. <laughs> yeah, it would be great, it would be great. Yeah. So, Lids, what are you going to do to reduce your food waste? I think I'm definitely going to get better at planning ahead and making food lists because I'm definitely guilty of just buying on the go, mm, not same. planning yep. and just nibbling. Yeah, how about you? I think I'm definitely going to sign up to be a volunteer for Plan Zeros and maybe the local um, food banks. They, they can't get enough help at the moment and that sounds like a really positive thing, as should everyone else listening I will also be coming around and eating your leftovers, if that's okay. So if you're interested in volunteering or know any businesses that may want to contribute, we're going to link them in the show notes below, along with the other organisations we mentioned and a bunch of food stats for you as well. That's all, and thanks for listening.